Giddy up, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of the Crack Pit Podcast. This is episode 17, and I'm joined again with Tim, uh, one of the coaches from Create Fit. And today, the topic and the agenda we're going to shite on about is going to be weight. Not, I'm not going to use the word weight loss. I'm going to use fat loss. Fat loss is the better way to say this. Fat loss and fad diets. And, all, and what? Fad diets, they're the interesting ones. Yes. So I've I, I done it by a little bit of researching today, kind of, um, you know, nutting out some ins and outs or researching some diets myself uh, of what I, like, there's a lot of shit out there I know about, um, but there's definitely a lot more that I didn't know about, but I had heard about in the past and just kind of put down some notes myself. But, you know, that's what I found. I've kind of gone into more now since I am I'm working as an online uh, coach you know my clients from the gym when I used to run a CrossFit gym it was all about training movement training people how to squat training people how to lift doing the uh, doing pull-ups imagining ma- uh, managing the kipping thing but no real nutrition protocol or anything like that you know which has been a big factor that I always knew was missing. But since I've gone into the online coaching, that's become the thing. Yeah. That's that- a big part of it now too. A lot of the um, online coaching platforms now offer a, a separate part, which is like diet the nutrition side of it. And a lot of it is just basic, basic macro tracking. How do we teach people how to count their own macros and calories so that they can achieve what they're trying to achieve? absolutely yeah yeah like i almost knew there was something missing from the the thing i was doing like the way i was coaching people because i i don't know about you but this is the biggest thing i've all i've noticed working with clients in my gym and definitely online clients is people over prioritize their exercise and you know going to the gym uh over what they're putting in their cake hole yeah you know they're assuming that if they don't train super hard and if they don't go to the gym five days a week and um, that they're not going to get the results. Yeah. But it, yeah, but it's simply, uh, it's simply not the case. You know, you don't, and I've said this a million times on my daily cracks is you don't even need a gym. If you have fat on your body that you need to lose. And, and today we're specifically talking fat. We're not talking muscle gain or anything like that. But, but if you have fat to lose off your body, you don't need a gym to lose it. No, you can just lose it through diet. Fucking exactly. Mostly. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's basically don't overeat and fucking be active, but you don't need a gym to be active. I think people that that's what people assume, you know, I, I've always gotten, getting these clients that are like, Oh, they're basically telling me what they need. They're like, Oh, I need to train this many times and I need to walk and I need to do this and I need to do the other. And I'm, they're making, yeah, I was like, fuck, where are you going to fit all this in? Yeah. You have three kids. You, you work, you work as a civil servant, servant. You're, you have barely any hours in the day, but you're expecting to do what it sounds like three to four hours of training a day. Yeah. You know, and, and, and <laughs> exactly. It's like, hold the fucking show here. Let's be realistic about this. Has that worked for you before? And people always go balls deep into stuff and they're like, you know, in order for me to manage my weight loss or get a a dramatic weight loss, I have to go fucking full on. I have to super restrict my calories. I have to eat like rabbit food all the time. And I have to train like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger as if he's preparing for his first ever CrossFit comp. 
Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah, yeah, like you see a lot of um I mean some of the people I know that are in like awesome shape, visually they look like specimens. Most of them, like most of the reason they look like that is just through like daily activity, like they're into surfing or they're into diving or they're into like motorbike riding or like, I mean, I've done some concreting. Some of the guys I used to work with concreting, they'd ask me about the gym and I'm like, you must go to the gym. And they're like, nah, just work. And they just work their asses off. Now their diet was very small because I'm pretty sure they just ate dinner. Most of it was cigarettes and Red Bull or V cans or monster cans to get through the day. But like they're just average, like your normal daily activity, if you have an active day can be enough for you to lose weight provided you're not putting so much back in. Yeah. And it's a lot of the time, it's very small things that people do that they need to change in order for that to happen. And just basic daily habits of like, are you eating, are you having a cake from the, you know, the, the workplace, you know, if you, especially if you're in a corporate job that in their little tea rooms, they've got littered with chips and cake and whatever, like, do you need that? Or did you just go in there to get a coffee and you're taking it because it's there? Yeah, I know. I know. And that, 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 that forms a habit in itself. You know, with the coffee comes the biscuit or the cake. Yeah. And then yeah. every day, if you go down there, oh, if there's more, oh, I'll just have another one. Just have another. And that that accumulates. A lot of the time, it's not that people are overeating one, like, it's not that they're eating one particular thing that's pushing them over the edge. It's just that little bit every day that's slightly increasing their calories too much. Yeah. That's gaining the weight. But the thing is, it doesn't even need to be a chocolate biscuit or a slice of cake. You can eat um, a broccoli and rice and chicken, like an old school bodybuilder's diet. Yeah. But if you're over consuming that in the calories that you need and you're not burning it off with your activity level, it's going to convert to fat and you'll yep. start to store it as fat. It's, yeah. not, it's not the food, it's the calorie amount that you're consuming that's the problem. Yeah, always. It's a very simple formula. What goes in? must come out if too much goes in it won't come out and you look like the michelin man exactly exactly right (laughs) one of the other big common faults i know is people instead of going i'm going to change the way that i eat and like learn about food and how to make a normal plate and like you don't have to weigh your food you can if you look there's plenty of things about how to use your hands to measure things for like a standard meal size which will directly correlate with the size of you because your hand is only unless you've just got magic giant hands for some reason um but a lot of people go on these crazy diets that aren't maintainable and the second they do one thing wrong on it they just piss the whole thing out the window and go all right i'm having this cake fuck it this diet i'm not doing it anymore i'm just going to go back to eating how i was whereas like if they had the cake and then went you know slap their self on the hand naughty and then just go back and stick with it even if they do it for you know three more days and then they have another little mistake they'll get not mistake but they'll have something that's not within what they should be having eventually that will be you know four days apart then five days apart then six days apart and you're in more days of a caloric deficit so therefore you will still get the result you want it's just going to take a little bit longer that's right. It's not, it's not, it's not, 
feeling guilty about eating food because that's what comes along with these restrictive diets is guilt. Okay, you're supposed to stick to this structure and this structure only allows you to have A, B and C. But then yeah. you like you've just said that you haven't you're having D and you're like you're feeling bad about it because you're feeling guilty about it. You feel like you've derailed everything. And this is always the kind of mindset that I, I, I'm working with people now is like that that single incident didn't derail the last three days, four days, two weeks work. It didn't. It simply no. didn't. But your your um, reaction to that particular incident can derail the entire thing because if you decide from that point that you've fucked up everything and then you just just t- go back to old habits just start yeah. eating regular food not counting that tracking because you think you've done wrong in that singular incident um well then that reaction will fuck you up moving forward but if you decide okay that probably wasn't the best decision but that ha- that doesn't dictate the outcome because I'm going to get back on the horse tomorrow. I'm going to pick up where I left off because that was only a one microscopic incident. And this is how I always describe it to people to kind of make it sound a little bit easier. When something like that happens, let's say you have a massive craving for something like fish and chips or a fucking mad parma. And then after the parma, you want a fucking cheesecake as well. You know, you've done that once in a week. Like, and you, but you've been, you've stuck to your plan the entire week. But if you let that one incident take over the whole lot and derail you completely, it's like going to an art gallery and going around to all the paintings, looking at the painting with your nose right up to the canvas. Because you're not looking at the bigger picture anymore. You're looking at it microscopically and you're looking at the Mona Lisa with your nose to nose to, nose to her. And you're like, what the fuck is this shit? You're not yeah. really, you're not really seeing what, what, what you've actually done. Yeah. So you have these small incidents that derail people, but they, they derail them because that's all they're seeing. Like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. Yeah. But you actually haven't. And you're focusing on the bad point. It's like yes, a lot of people, I know they'll have something happen in their day. Um, someone cuts them off in a car or they have an argument with their missus or something like that, or their partner, I should say. Sometimes it's not always your missus that starts the argument. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Politically correct. <laughs> but like they'll let that three minutes that they had dictate the rest of their day instead exactly. of going, okay, that three minutes is gone. I'm out of that situation now. It ended. Move on. Enjoy the rest of my day or get on with my day. Get the jobs done I had to do and don't dwell on it because that was three minutes out of 24 hours. It's not a huge thing. Whereas if you're, if you look at, if you're really, if you've got a, a good goal and you're, and it's two months away, one chicken palmer or one meat pie that you snuck in or whatever over the course of one month of caloric deficit is going to be like the smallest percentage at the end of it, which will make the most minute difference to whatever it was you were trying to achieve. Yeah. If you just let it be what it was, which was a, a brief moment of fuck this, I'm having a meat pie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's really that it's just that you know relationship with food that people I think need to improve and work on. It's not you don't need a diet, you need a better relationship with food. Yeah. And I I've pinched this from Stan Efferding, who is a uh, that bodybuilder, powerlifter dude. He's in his fifties now, but he's in fucking phenomenal shape. Um, but he always uses this analogy around food. There's three types of food. There's good food. There's better food, and then there's the best food. 
Yeah. And I use that the whole time because it's, I, I think that's the best way to look at food. So my, when I'm chatting to clients, I will always say, all right, if you're stuck in a pinch and starvation is a real thing, um, like there's no other food around, are you going to say no to a McDonald's quarter pounder and cheese? Hell no. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so that would, that would be in my, in, a, in my perspective, a, a, a scenario where that's good food. What would be better? If you went to the local pub and you bought the, the homemade burger and chips. Yeah. Or what would be the best? If you went to the supermarket, bought all those ingredients, brought them home and cooked that burger and chips yourself at home. Your good, better, best scenario. Yeah. That's what it is. It's keep, yeah. keeping it. Yeah. You, you, you faded the way on me there. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a simple way to look at things, but it's, it's an important way. It's the relationship people have with food. And that's why I, I, I went through some of these diets that I know about anyways, like the things that are out on the market that most people would know about. You know, most people know about Weight Watchers and it's a point system. And they basically have yeah. like, you know, certain foods that you eat, will give you certain points and then other foods will like give you like take away points and all this sort of stuff. And then you'll have these weekly meetings. Um, I know people have got results from that, but again, what sort of relationship did that create with food? Yeah. Horrible relationship. Am I still moving smooth for you or is it jumbled it, up? Yeah, no, it was. Uh, yeah, you were you were a little bit jumbled there for a second. We're doing this via Zoom. Yeah, I know. I know it sounds fantastic when it works well. Like it sounds like we're in the same fucking room together. But yeah, we're actually doing this through Zoom. It did so the other day, can you edit out a, a brief moment while I change where my internet is coming from? You you change away and I'll keep talking. No, that's all right. Okay, you, you talk. I'll change it now. Okay, so while Tim's um, there in the background getting busy, I'm just going to go through some of the diets that I have kind of uh, heard about and my take, my brief knowledge on them. So you have the Mediterranean diet, which is um, heart healthy fat diet. Um, you're consuming more unsaturated fats and omega trees, and you know um, consuming a lot of fish, seafood, and stuff like that. You have the Zone diet, which is uh, Barry Sears. Uh, Dr. Barry Sears that was created in the late 80s. And this is basically that ratio of, um, you know, proteins, carbs, and fats, the 30% protein, 30% fats, and 40% carbohydrates. That's quite common nowadays as well um, when, when it comes to macro breakdowns even. And then you have things like Atkins and Paleo, where, which are not too dissimilar. Um, so the Atkins is pretty much low carbohydrate, high fat and protein. Um, and then like you, you start slowly adding carbohydrates as you go through that program. But it's basically about removing refined uh, products like with flour, refined flours and refined sugars. And then you have the paleo, which is super popular uh, in the CrossFit world. It was. That is, was. I think that is long, long, long gone now. Yes, it has. And that's that's by Rob Wolf. Rob Wolf was the one that uh, kind of, you know, pe uh, pegged that one down. And it's basically eaten like a caveman. You know, uh, how we would have eaten half a million years ago. Um, Nutrient-rich foods, no starchy vegetables and our dairy food or any grains or anything like that. But as we all know, like, 
and our starchy spud every so often is fucking delicious. <laughs> um, and anyway, if we're going to eat like we did half a million years ago, you're not going into a supermarket getting your food. You're going out and you're foraging for what's available. And they're, they're, yeah, you're probably going to be eating stuff like pigeons, rats, and um, and uh, rabbits. You're not going to be yeah. eating, you know, steak and pork and fucking what's the other one? Chicken. Those those options aren't really there. So really, truly, the paleo diet that we we would assume that, or we're assuming that cavemen would have eaten a half a million years ago is it really what crossfitters were eating five years ago nowhere near. <laughs> nowhere near <laughs> nowhere near at all um there's one diet or one kind of eating style i like to kind of recommend or not not so much recommend but i like to use elements of it and it's the volumetrics you heard of that one no i have not heard of that one Volumetrics is basically when you're eating foods that are of a very low calorie content, but a very high volume. So mostly foods that contain a lot of water. So you're talking horrible. It is. It is. But this is this is the crack. So let's say I have someone that is, you know, they feel like they're always hungry and I need to keep them on a, a in a certain calorie window. Well, I talk to them about volumetrics or volume eating. And I'm like, right, when you're having your meal, whatever it is, your fucking pizza, pasta, your pizza, um, souvlaki, or whatever the fuck it is that you're, I don't know why I'm picking, a, let's say a fucking slice of pizza. <laughs> you're going to have that with a fucking bed of salad. Okay, so you're increasing the volume of your food without dramatically increasing the calories. So it's a way of eat, being able to eat a lot of food to feel more satiated. You're getting a lot of fiber in there. Now, in my world, a lot of fiber means a lot more farts. So um, it allows people to consume the amount of calories that they need without blowing their calories out. Yeah, that does sound a little better than... I thought you meant that they could only eat, like, you know, it's like you wake up in the morning and you just eat, like, six celery sticks and a watermelon. Oh, yes. And you use to increase. That makes more sense. And that sounds yeah. a lot more enjoyable than what I was thinking. And typically, if you're going to vo- follow the volumetrics structure, that's exactly what you'd be doing. But like, that's boring as fuck. Yeah, that would be miserable. No. Absolutely. So I would tell someone to apply volumetrics to their breakfast, would be like, okay. You're having cereal in the morning. So for a fucker like me, I'm trying to gain weight. I want a high calorie breakfast. I'm putting in peanut butter and honey. But for someone that I want to have, I want to allow them to have the same breakfast. So have your oats, uh, but instead of putting in peanut butter and honey, put in a cinnamon, cinnamon powder and yeah. apple, slices of yeah. apple or blueberries or something like that. And yeah. you're getting the same sweetness um, and nice tastiness, but minus the calories. Yeah. You know, and that's what volume volumetrics is all about. You know, like our volume eating is all about pretty much um, consuming large quantities of food, feeling satiated, so you're not as hungry, um, and therefore not blowing out your calories, and doing that consistently. Hopefully, fuck a bit of fat loss. Hopefully, hopefully, and the last two, which I, I, I have a problem with, um, keto and intermittent fasting. And they normally come fucking hand in hand. 
they normally do come handy. I've I've played around with both of those. Um, the fasting one I actually quite liked because I used to not be big on breakfast. But in terms of, I mean, for fat loss, I found it would be helpful. But I was doing it because I I cannot remember the name of the book for the life of me. I wish I wish I had a look this up earlier. But it was about fat. There was a lot of other great things that came with this particular diet but um renegade diet that's what it was okay that one i remember i I, it sounds familiar it sounds very familiar a lot of it was very good um but there was a lot of things about fasting in it for your gut health and uh, i have heard a lot of people get really good success out of it with gut issues that's right because it's a smaller eating window but I was trying to gain weight and intermittent fast. So I would like, it would hit the open window and I would just gorge for six hours. And then every morning I remember waking up. I used to, I specifically remember waking up during the night because I was so hungry. Jesus. So I'm like, don't eat fast. Good for your health. <laughs> and try mm. and go back to sleep. Um, but, and then keto, I've, I've successfully, semi-successfully done it once. And I lasted about four weeks because you just miss out on everything with people. But I did feel pretty good. And then the first time I tried to do it, I lasted like seven days. And that brain fog point that you hit, because it is quite low protein as well in regards to the fat ratio. I, I I, I was sleepwalking for like four days and I just didn't hit that ketosis point where you get the energy boost. And I felt like shit. Yeah. Like I've never felt worse. I would feel better eating McDonald's for every meal for a week. Yeah. And when when you when you were doing the keto, did you supplement ketones? No, I have heard good. I, I, that's what I did the second time. Mm. But the first time I I went in blind. Someone had told me about it and just gave me a sheet and was like the bulletproof coffee as well. Like in the morning to get, do you know what that thing is? Bulletproof coffee? Yes, I used to make my own version of bulletproof tea. Tea? Yes, because I'm not. I, I wasn't I'm much of a coffee drinker at the time. I'm still not much of a coffee drinker. But same principles: um, coconut oil, um, stick of butter, uh, stick of fucking proper grass-fed butter, yeah. a bit of, maybe a small bit of honey. Whoop. Yeah, way with you. And then. After that, get a seatbelt for the toilet and buckle oh. up because whatever's in there is coming out. <laughs> that was that was literally pipe cleaner. Literally yeah. pipe cleaner. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. I remember the first time I drank one, I was like, man, I don't feel very good. And I think I went to train and it was like deadlifts or something. And the first one I was deadlifted and was like, Oops. I think I was training with the mates too. I was like, I'll be back in just a moment, boys. <laughs> this Nasty. Is you're about to bomb Um, dresden (laughs) yeah that was bad but i found too the the other diet which i've tried and i actually had a lot of success with um i like i get like a a low amount of like psoriasis almost with my skin and it's normally the the times that it comes in is normally around christmas i find because red wine lots of roast meat um you know everyone's got cheese platters at their house out in the sun when you're you know you're just constantly eating a lot of refined foods and heavy foods and um it it just spikes it i shouldn't say red meat um like processed meat sorry like salami and stuff like that um and then i there's a guy 
cannot remember his name again. Um, Dr. Sean Baker, who's a, the carnivore diet dude. Okay, yes. The carnivore diet is very popular at the moment. It is. But so what I did was use it as a process of elimination tool. So okay. I went on that for about a month where I just, I had like eggs and bacon for breakfast and I still had black coffee. Lunch would be like mince steak. or steak or whatever. And then dinner was like giant steak or whatever. And then I would have, you know, a couple of berries or something at night time as like a dessert. And that was it. That's all I had. And my skin went almost perfect. So then I was like, right, I'll have, now I'll try and add in avocado. So I added in avocado, skin stayed perfect. Cool, tick, that works. And then I just slowly added foods in to see what it was that would be setting it off. Um, the second I ate pizza, I woke up in the morning and I could have just like peeled my face off like a face mask with all the skin that was on it. I'm like, right, ah, carbs. Like, uh, not carbs, like a yeasty, you know, bread. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, what the hell is the word I'm looking for here? Flour. Flour, yeah. Refined refined flour. Yeah. Processed flour. Yeah. Well, if you're eating pizza, you, there's a few things you could be ticking off. There's like a like a, the tomato paste, the the cheese. I made the pizza. I made the Oh, pizza. you made the you made it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So it had um I used like just like a bit of uh butter on the base, because I'd already ticked that off the list. Used butter on the base and then basically made like a meat lovers pizza, which was like literally meat, no barbecue <laughs> sauce or anything. I ate it and I was like, yeah, okay, no bread. So you had a gluten intolerance? I believe to I'm allergic to the fructin, not the gluten, gluten. itself. Okay. Um, but it worked. And then I've st I stuck to it for a long time and it worked really well. But then I think it was like around the last, or not the last, the first lockdown. I know we said we wouldn't talk about COVID. Yeah. Um, the first one, and I was, you know, you're just like, I'm at home and I'm bored, I'm eating whatever I want, and then it sort of laps off from that. But whenever my skin gets bad, I just go right back to meat, and then I just do that for like two days, and then slowly add the other stuff back in. And it, my I respond really well to it. That's not saying it definitely would work for everyone, but me yeah. personally, I've found that works. So it's, it, it's almost like you do a little bit of a mini detox in a way or a mini cleanse where you're you're actually oh my sister keeps ringing me sorry um i'll, I'll ring her back <laughs> um it's like you're doing a mini um cleanse where you're eliminating all the foods and you're only giving yourself like meat protein high levels of protein um, and everything else is kind of removed away from your diet so if there is something it seems like uh, raw meat or uh, red meat is what really you know, sits well with you. And then as you add, add, add things back in, it's kind of easy to see what it is that irritates. Like I said, it's a process of elimination. So I go back to, I know I can survive on this and feel mm. satiated. And when I did do it the first time, about four days in, I believe my body hit that ketosis point, like within four days, because I woke up on the, in the morning and I felt like I'd, I woke up feeling like I'd, I had about eight coffees okay. my, and my energy stayed like that for days and days and days afterwards. It was unreal, yeah. but it is definitely not a long-term thing that you can actually stick to because if you go out for dinner with someone and you go to a restaurant that doesn't serve steak, 
Like you're not going to go to a Chinese restaurant and go, can I have a few slices of your beef? Not in any of the delicious sauce, just the meat. Yeah. You're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a tricky one. Well, like you have one beer, one beer and bang, you're out of ketosis because what is beer? Carbohydrate. Yeah. yeah. Same as, as as a red wine or a white wine. It's 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 a carbohydrate. Yeah. You know, so my my thing with keto or intermittent fasting is people jump on it for the fat loss only. Yeah, because they've heard about fucking silly Susan or Super Sam down the road that are after losing like 20 kilos because they've jumped on intermittent fasting or they've been doing keto or bloody blah, blah, blah. And they don't know much more than that, but this person has lost weight because of it. Now, yeah. 100%, any of these diets I've mentioned earlier on will elicit uh, a fat loss result. But I know for a fact with intermittent fasting, particularly keto, keto was something that was developed for people with epilepsy. Yes. Because a high fat diet will, will, will allow their, uh, it's, it's something to do in the brain with the way uh, neurons fire that would, in a sugar, sugarless environment, it prevents certain neurons from firing, which will prevent the epileptic fits from happening. Therefore, putting like someone into a high fat environment or having that in their blood, the ketones, a higher level of ketones in their blood is optimal to keep to prevent that now be, just because you know going on a high fat diet it's probably going to keep you more satiated you're not going to be able to eat as much because fat in, and and proteins are very satiating foods it in somehow for a lot of people will put them automatically into some sort of a calorie deficit so if there was someone that was on keto for medical reasons and they were slightly overweight it has shown to help lose weight as well but that's not the original yeah. reason it was developed um, and, and then people jump on it, and this is this was something that started happening as well. The fucking uh, ketone supplements that started to be made, you know. I, I like I had a few mates. I don't know if you were doing it, testing their blood. Were you testing their blood for ketones? I didn't go that far, but I know you can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. It takes a long time to get into ketosis just from dieting. Yeah. It takes a while. But then you had all these people flogging keep, uh, ketogenic supplements because oh, they'd be like talking about, oh, t- if you test your blood, like, you know, take the supplement in the morning when you wake up because you're going to be intermittent fasting as well. But take this supplement and then test your blood a few hours later and you'd have higher level ketones in your in your blood. But of course you did. You but it's not, be- it's not because you were in ketosis. It's because no. you were supplementing the ketones into your fucking body. Yeah. That doesn't make you that doesn't put you in ketosis because there's a higher level of ketones in your body because you're taking them exogenously. Like you are taking them from a supplement. It, it just means you've put them in there. Yeah. But your body isn't in this fat burning environment um, that you think it is. Yeah. So what, what started happening there is people started supplementing in the morning, this ketone drink, therefore putting themselves in a slight calorie deficit throughout the day. But then crediting this the keep uh, this ketogenic diet plus the supplementation that's happening happening with it and um, crediting that with the fat loss. But it was just the fact that they were in a caloric deficit. That's where we're heading with this shit, you know. 
everything, I, all those diets I've mentioned, even intermittent fasting, intermittent fasting, you're cutting out breakfast, maybe even lunch. Yeah. And you're not having, and then you're eating in this window. And it's just that window is restricting you to a certain amount. So if you don't get the food in, that's it. You're not eating anymore. And for the majority of people, they'll do it the right way. But I know for a lot of people, they can still intermittent fast and still blow out their calories because they think that, oh, well, I can fucking eat what I want now. I'm going to like start my day with a, with a, with a pizza kebab. Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Listen, all fucking diets work. It yeah. just, it just, they need to be strictly adhered to. They all do. They all put you in a calorie deficit. But if you don't want to be one of these people that, you know, restricts themselves and stops in or not stops. What am I, what's the words I'm trying to use? Demo, slow down. Cause I'm getting excited about this shit. Cause it pisses me off a lot of times. If you're a person that enjoys the finer things in life and not even the finer things, just the simple pleasures, like you like having a beer. You like to eat a pizza at the weekend. You like to enjoy your burger and chips every so often. Then don't put yourself under the stress of any of these eating styles. Don't Just simply don't do it. If you want to lose your body fat, the excess body fat that you've on your body, simply track your calories. Yep. That's what it comes down to. And that's why all those, a lot of, um, they attach themselves to themselves to CrossFit places like the method. Um, then there was the brute strength one that I think it was brute body or something like that. Uh, hybrid performance has a, an off a subsidiary of, you know, they've got a, a nutritionist coach and like all that kind of stuff. Like if you sign up to any one of those, you, I can, you can be sure that they will just be getting, they'll be giving you your macros of protein, fat, and carbs, the amount that you can have, go off and track them yourself. And if they're really good, you can tell them what foods you like. They enter it into a computer software thing that's developed and it will spit out a shopping list and meals for you to have, which is good because it makes it easy. Yeah. But I've found, I noticed with you, because you post everything on Instagram, but yep. <laughs> um, that most of your food is exactly the same every single day. Yep. Once you've calculated it and you can see it and you know it works, then you just stick to it. And if you like the food, it's even easier. I remember watching a thing a while ago. It was a bodybuilder talking about it. He said that the best way to get in shape is to eat like a dog. And mm. what he meant by that was, you feed your dog the same fucking thing every single day and it never complains. So don't complain, work what foods that you like. That's the best thing. You didn't even get to choose what food do you like, make it work inside of your macros, inside of your calories. And then if you just eat that every single day, yeah. you will, you'll go into a caloric deficit from day one because you've done it right. And then you just go from there. If you start to get sick of it, calculate a new meal for one of those meals that you're starting to get sick of change to that for a little while, stick with it. And it just keeps working. That's right. right. I had a conversation with one of my clients there yesterday and he asked me that he said, like, have you been eating the same thing all like for years? And I was like, yeah, for 10 years, if anyone follows my stories on Instagram, you'll see, I make this mince and rice. And one of my, one of my other clients renamed it. I think it's a great name. He's called it juicy mince. And I like it. That's that's going to be the new name for it. I fucking love that. Um, but yeah, I have been cooking uh, mince with some sort of a carb 
more often than not, 80%, 90% of the time, it's been with rice because white rice for me is super easy to digest. And when, when I'm trying to eat four fucking thousand calories a day, I don't want to be eating brown rice because that brown rice contains more fiber. The more fiber means more bloating, which means more fats, more fiber, more fats. That's where that comes from with me. Um, and of course, every so often I'll mix up my mince with potato. Fucking gorgeous sweet potato. Not sweet potato, just gorgeous, nice. I, I said sweet as in it's delicious. But I'm not talking about sweet potato because I'm not a fan of sweet potato. I just like the plain white potato. It's the way I was reared. There's actually more sugar. There's more calories in a sweet potato than there is in a, an ordinary white starchy or potato because yeah. there's more, it's a slightly higher sugar content. That's all it is. Is it, is it healthier? No, it's not healthier. It's exactly the fucking same. But understand, if you're going to eat a sweet potato, it does contain more calories. Yeah, you need to have less. Correct. Simple as. Simple as. So that's kind of where this podcast has brought us to. It's, it's understanding that the majority of nutritional protocols or diet plans that are out there do in some way, shape or form end up if they're successful with their client, end up putting you in some sort of a calorie deficit. If you stick to it and adhere to it strictly, you will get the results. But the thing you got to ask yourself, is that particular protocol that you're going to do, are you going to stick with that? And the question I always ask people is, can you feed that to your kids? Especially if you've got kids, everyone in the house eats the same damn thing. That's right. That's right. If you're going on some sort of a plan that re- like removes, like let's say we haven't even brought up veganism, but I'm not. <laughs> let's let's not touch that one. <laughs> but if you're like say right, let's say you're going on keto for example, and you're just going to go high fat, um, a, a protein diet, and remove all carbohydrates. Do you think that is suitable for a child to be on? No. Oh fuck no way. That... Especially I remember even a teenager. Like, if you have a teenage boy, you, they are going to eat. Like, I I used to get home from school and it was like, walk in the door, open the pantry, here we fucking go. And it was like Milo, Wheat Bix. I would drink out of the milk jug while I was stirring the Milo, which had milk in it. Like, you know, and then before dinner, I'd like find a bag of chips that someone had hidden somewhere, smash that, like grab some fruit out of the bowl, like just constant in two minute noodles just constant intake of food dinner dessert and then you've also had all your food during the day at school but like if those things are around your house and you're trying to stick to some incredibly strict diet you'll break it because it's like you know dangling a chocolate bar in front of you the whole time you're going to end up eating it exactly and for a youngster for an adolescent growing you're just an energy burning fucking machine i think that isn't it the white loaf out here that everyone talks about the wonder loaf oh yeah you could eat when you know i remember being like actually i remember a friend of mine just a side story here a friend of mine i thought i was bad with it i used to have like i don't know probably per day i would have about six slices of toast with real butter because we didn't do margarine in my house and Vegemite easily have six of those a day. A buddy of mine who I used to live next door to had a, he'd, he'd get Wonder Loaf, peel the crust off, eat that, mush the bread into a ball, like back to dough essentially, and then dunk it in sauce and eat it like that. Now I tried what? 
was delicious. It was delicious. And he would probably eat a loaf of bread a day like that. Holy hell. He didn't go and he's still a skinny guy now. He probably still does it now quietly. I don't know. <laughs> I've never seen I was sitting there watching him one day. I'd go home and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, oh, I try and I tried and I'm like, this is good, but for sure you don't need that 12th slice now. But he just peel the crust, eat the crust, roll it into a ball, dunk it in the sauce. Holy hell. Well, that's one way of getting your calories in, eh? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I remember that when I was in school, just nonstop sandwiches. Fucking sandwiches. sandwiches. And, I, and to this day, I still enjoy a good sandwich. Yeah, they're hard to find now. Yeah. Or they are. They are. But when you find a place, there's a place here in Yarraville. It's it's, a, it's called Rocco's Deli. It's a small Italian deli. Um, yeah. I used to I used to live beside uh, this little deli when I was in Yarraville. I'm only in spots where now money over the road, but it's five dollars. This lovely spongy roll, and it has like um, uh, what's that? What's the oh, fucking pesto? I couldn't think of the p word. Pesto spread on there. It has olives, prosciutto, uh, a couple of different types of cheeses. Oh my god, like I know for five dollars, that's a steal. I need to see if this is in the 5k range. Yeah, Rocco's Rolls, they're legendary, so they are. Um, Just on, what's the name of the fucking street? It's near Gent Street in um, Yarville. That's the street I lived on. Robert Street. On Robert Street in Yarville. There you go. Uh, Rocco's Deli. It's fucking ridiculous. So there's a plug. I'll have to put that in the show notes as well. The only good, or the last good one I've had in like the last, I don't even know how many years. I used to go out with my family and play in a a lawn tennis tournament. Up in a place named Charlton, which all of this sounds fancy. I think Charlton's population is about 2,000 people. It's a tiny town in like northwestern Victoria. But there's this like, I'm assuming they're both about 60 years old. These little old ladies that own the bakery there. And they have salad rolls in there, but it's like typical Aussie salad rolls, like ham, cheese, beetroot, like shredded carrots which they probably just buy in the bag from the supermarket. I don't know. Lettuce. I can't remember what else is in there. Some type of paste. I think they might use a pate on the bottom, maybe something like that. But it is, and they're like $2. Fuck. (laughs) And they, but when I go, I'll probably get about 10 bucks worth and just smash all five of them in. That's it. Don't bother going to the supermarket. Like just get your rolls cream. A hundred percent. It'd be cheaper than making them yourself. Like, I love that. I love that. So good. So on, on that note, anyone that's listening to this for diet advice, don't eat fucking six salad rolls a day. Yeah, well, well depends on your target. <laughs> depends on what you're trying to chase. This this uh, this um, podcast today was all about fat loss. But let, we'll wrap it up. But uh, even what, and what you just said there, uh, um, it all comes back to you can eat the fuck what you want. As yeah. long as it's inside your calorie target. Yep. You know, that sort of comes down to, and you said it earlier on, calories in versus calories out. I know people are fucking, they hate hearing that. But if you're someone that's trying to lose some um, fat off their body, if there's a, if you're, you're carrying it out around a few extra love handles or, you know, fucking cushion for the pushing, whatever the fuck you want to call it, you don't need to go on some restrictive rabbit food, drink your own piss diet. You basically just need to eat slightly less. 
There is one tip I will give, and I'll let you think about your tip now, Tim, before we sign up, is obviously tracking your calories is what you're, if you're working with me in my online program, that's what I'm going to be getting you to do. And I'll keep you accountable to that for the duration that you're in my program. That's where the results come from. But if there's one basic tip that I'm going to give you right now that can change the way you do things that will help you lose weight is get a smaller plate. Okay. Reduce your serving size. Yeah. Because if you're ha- if you have a smaller plate in front of you, you're not going to be able to put as much on it. And if you're going to sit down and eat off that plate, eat fucking slow. Yeah. That is my tip for today. My I think my best tip is to have a good conversation with someone while you're eating. Because it makes you, it slows you down. You'll put a mouthful in, you'll chew while you're listening to someone else talk. And then when they're done talking, they'll put a, like a mouthful in and then you can talk to them. I know if you live by yourself, it's very tricky. But even if you organize a, a Zoom like this and have a, a meal with someone, like if you, if you think like I do it, if I'm eating by myself, I may as well like use a plastic plate and curve it and then tip it back. So that it all just flows straight down into my stomach and I don't even chew. But if I'm sitting there like having a conversation with my missus while we eat dinner, I'll, you put your knife and fork down. Like that was one thing I've heard, like put the food in and put the cutlery down and then sit through to like, what do they say? 30 times you meant to chew food. It might even be more than that. Like slow down and eat food. Enjoy, especially if it's something nice, like enjoy the food. That's right. If you if you're not enjoying what you're eating, you can change it. Like, yeah. You should be eating something that you enjoy to eat every day. Um, but yeah, time, spend yeah. time eating. Don't just inhale it. That's that's a fucking brilliant point to finish on because too many people are eating on the go now and not actually being mindful about what they're doing and just taking that time to sit down and eat it because that period of time that you're sitting down to eat your food can that get it's your your relaxation time, your de-stress time. Yeah. You know, so that's a fucking brilliant point to end off on. Sweet. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I love it. All right, boys and germs, that'll, um, we'll wrap this one up for today. So this was a fat loss episode. Hope you've got some benefit from it. Next week, we're aiming to talk about muscle building. The important one. The important one. Okay. So there's definitely going to be stuff in that one that will help anyone that's trying to lose fat in this one. Definitely tune in for next week as well. Yeah, for sure. Giddy up. <laughs>